On today's podcast, I'm going to talk about how you can earn $650 million and still be broke. Stay tuned. Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Hi, welcome back to the show. Apologies in advance if my voice sounds a little off today. It is the middle of January. The polar vortex is about to hit and I have got my first bad winter cold. Um, so I'm going to struggle through this with you. Hopefully you are feeling good wherever you are. And whenever you are listening to this, whether it's now in January of 2019 or some point uh, in the future, thank you for listening. Thank you for your time and I appreciate your support for this podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, if you want to go ahead and leave a rating or a review on iTunes, that would be greatly appreciated. So I want to talk on this podcast, as I said, about the topic is how you can earn $650 million and still be broke. And I came across this interesting headline, which really got me thinking about real estate and investing and in a broader sense, life and our society in general. And that is... uh, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp, apparently the famous Hollywood actor. Um, Some would say one of the greatest actors ever. Uh, He is apparently broke or close to broke. And apparently he has earned over $650 million in his career. And yet it's, according to several reports, almost all gone. So pretty incredible uh, when you start reading into this story. And it's probably not the first time that you've heard of this, certainly not the first time I've heard of this, of a major star, celebrity, uh, athletes. We hear about this all the time where they're earning tens of millions, in some cases hundreds of millions of dollars. And then at some point you hear that they're broke, they're bankrupt, they're in dire straits, there's nothing left. Um, And of course, the automatic reaction to that would be, well, that's absolutely ridiculous. That's not possible. How can that be? They must be complete idiot. Um, I would never do that. If if, if I had that kind of money, you know, I'd be uh, I'd be totally not, you know, broke and I'd be owning my own island and and having servants and whatever it is. Um, That's, you know, I could I, I could never do that kind of thing. But I think if we took a little bit further introspection into ourselves, into our society um, right now, and if we're a little bit more honest with ourselves, I think the truth is that this could happen to anyone, and it, it doesn't matter how much money you make, it doesn't matter how famous you are, it doesn't matter who you are. Um, this, I think, is just a, a symbol of a greater problem in our culture in general as it pertains to money, finances, wealth. Uh, and that is people have no idea what they're doing um, with wealth for the vast majority. Now, obviously, some people do. Some people are very successful and some people um, multiply their wealth like crazy. And hopefully you are in the camp of wanting to learn more how to do that. And that's why you're listening to this podcast and learning about investing in real estate, investing in condos. Um, but the vast majority of people out there Uh, are just not educated on money. They don't understand how it works. They don't understand how to grow wealth. Um, Whether you're, you know, a guy, uh, you know, a person making $40,000 a year in some uh, entry-level job or you're Johnny Depp who made $650 million. 
if you don't know what to do with your money, the, you're going to end up in the same boat. That is, you're going to end up in trouble. You're going to end up with nothing. Um, and, uh, and, and life is going to suck. <laughs> so hopefully, again, this podcast and, part, and a big reason why I do this podcast and why I do what I do is um, I believe strongly that we need to be educated. We need to be taught. Um, it's not something that's taught in schools. It's not something that people talk about. It's not something that most people understand. It's not talked around the dinner table of most households. Um, and so it certainly wasn't when I was growing up uh, to, to, to much of an extent at all. But it's such an important subject that touches on everyone's lives. And it's something that we need to understand. And for my money and in my analysis and in my experience, the greatest investment and the greatest thing that you can do for yourself, for your family, for your future is to invest in real estate. Uh, it is the most historically proven asset class that is going to grow your wealth and bring you a better future for you and your family. So that's what I believe and that's why I'm here and that's what I do what I do. And probably if you're listening, you believe something similar or you're on a similar journey as well. So glad to have you with me here and uh, hopefully we can help each other um, grow and learn and uh, become richer in, in, in the long term as we do this. So this article with Johnny Depp got me thinking about um, some other things, came across some other articles, wanted to throw some stats out at you as well, which I found interesting. 46% um, of Canadians, here's one article, I'll include links to all this stuff in the show notes, which you can always find at truecondos.com slash podcast. 46% of Canadians apparently according to one survey, are $200 a month away from insolvency. Uh, if that doesn't shock you, I don't know what does. $200, $200 a month, you're, you're, you're teetering on the brink of insolvency, on the brink of, uh, you know, I don't know how they define that in this particular case, but some form of bankruptcy or some form of major financial problems if you uh, had a $200 difference in your, and your money coming in on a given month, 46% of Canadians, almost half of all Canadians are in the boat where it's $200 a month away. And I would venture to say, if you increase that number from 200 to 300, 400, 500, maybe a thousand, you would quickly cover the vast majority of all Canadians. So that's scary. 30, here's another stat. 31% of Canadians don't make enough money to cover their bills and debt payments each month. They don't make enough money. One third of all Canadians don't make enough money to cover their bills. Scary. 45% of all Canadians will need to, said they will need to increase their debt in order to pay for their living expenses living expenses 45 percent, almost half of canadians said they will need to go into further debt in order to pay for their ongoing living expenses 50 percent said that they will be in financial trouble if interest rates keep rising interest rates of course have been rising over the last year um you know you've been hearing me talk about that a lot i i believe that you know interest rates in 2019 will probably not go up they might in, in fact actually go down i believe um, but nevertheless, 50%, half of all Canadians said they're going to be in financial trouble if interest rates keep going up. Huge percentages, scary numbers. 
Here's some more um, related statistics uh, from a different survey from RBC. It said that two-thirds of Canadians can't afford time off for caregiving. So imagine you have someone in your life, uh, uh, someone in your family or someone you care for, um, maybe an aging parent, maybe a sick child, um, maybe a spouse. What if somebody, something happened, God forbid, what if something did and you needed to take time off to care for someone else and you weren't bringing in your income? Two-thirds of Canadians could not afford to take time off for caregiving, said this survey. Two-thirds of Canadians could not afford. And further, an interesting related note was uh, from the same survey, two-thirds of Canadians are thinking about taking a sabbatical to pursue a passion or a personal aspiration. Two-thirds of Canadians are thinking about leaving the nine-to-five and going out and either doing a sabbatical or pursuing a passion, pursuing a personal aspiration. What were these things specifically they were talking about? Well, the number one thing apparently was travel, to travel extensively. The number two thing was to start a business. And the number three thing was to live or work abroad. So travel, start a business, live or work abroad. Two-thirds of Canadians are thinking about doing that. But looking at the stats that we just shared, obviously... You know, nobody can actually afford to do it. It's it's a it's a they're thinking about doing it, but it's a pipe dream. RBC is trying to sell some insurance products there uh, that will sort of uh, uh, help you do these kinds of things. Anyways, but um, I just find it very interesting. So we we you know, as a society, we have these dreams, we have these goals, we have these things we want to do, but the reality is very different from what's going on in our heads. Reality is most people are broke or very close to broke. Um, but and most people can't, can not afford their monthly bills. They can't even afford their living expenses. They need to go into debt just to pay the rent, utilities, you know, put food on the table, pay their car payments and so on. So, you know, we are living way beyond our means. This is, this is a societal problem. Um, this is not a Johnny Depp problem. This is not a, uh, you know, uh, an Allen Iverson problem or other athletes that have, have gone through this. Everybody's in the same boat. Everybody, we live in a, a consumeristic society. We are taught from a very young age and programmed from a young age to um, consume, 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 to buy, 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 to keep up with the Joneses. You got to get the two cars. You got to get the you got to go on the, the certain vacations. You got to look a certain way. You got to have certain clothes. Um, you got to live in a certain neighborhood. It goes on and on and on. And it's, you know, it is just a reality. It's the reality that we live in. I mean, what I always find interesting when I look at this and, and when I hear stats like this, um, you know, obviously it's a big problem. And, and we're here to, we'll talk about, you know, how to address this problem in a minute. But, um, I just find it, it's, it's interesting. Like we, in, in some ways we live in the greatest time of human history. We have, um, resources at our disposal. We have a quality of life that, you know, people in some ways hundreds of years ago, or even a hundred years ago would be, uh, just absolutely blown away by the, the things and the conveniences and, and everything that we have in our world today, like the av- you know, like a, a middle class person today, you know, and some people say stuff like they, they have more 
you know, luxuries than, you know, a, you know, kings of the past, you know, and then Roman emperors and stuff of the past, almost like it's like life is very good in general, right? Especially if you're living in Canada and you have a job and you have a roof on your head and you have food on your table. Life generally is very, very good. But when you dig a little bit deeper and you start hearing this, these statistics and stuff, I just think, you know, life hasn't really changed much at all from our ancestors hundreds and thousands of years ago of basically we are still in the same position of subsistence living. Uh, we're just barely scraping by, right? You know, like the, you know, hundreds of years ago, the majority of the world would, would be under the category of subsistence living. That is, you just create enough or just make enough to live from day to day. There's no long-term plan. There's no long-term stability. You're not thinking about retirement. You're not thinking about, you know, golden years. You're not thinking about spare time and what are you going to do for hobbies? No, you're just trying to live and survive day to day. And if you can do that and week to week, you're happy. And that's the, the greatest thing that you can aspire to. That's subsistence living. And, you know, a huge portion of the planet are still living under those kind of poverty conditions around the world today, yes, but for us here in North America, us here in, in Canada, um, obviously we're, we're in a very privileged p- position economically um, and, and uh, you know, conveniences-wise and everything else, but again, are we really, are we really any different than our ancestors when, when if a $200 difference uh, in a given month for half of us is going to put us into insolvency. I mean, we're most people I believe are just barely scraping by. Most people are still in that subsistence living category. Um, the only difference is it's voluntary. Um, whereas in the past it was like you, you're, you're a subsistence living because that's, you know, that's what every, that's what 90% of the world was. And that's just what you did and what was normal. Now it's like we voluntarily put ourselves into this subsistence living by just accumulating too much stuff, accumulating too much debt, bad debt, uh, you know, buying the second car when we don't need it, you know, buying the, all this crap and then going on these vacations we can't afford and trying to keep up and look a certain way and, and you know, listening to the advertisers, what they tell us about, about how we should live and what we should look like and so on and so forth. Um, so we end up in this hamster wheel of life economically where you're never getting ahead. You're just barely getting by month to month. In fact, most people are actually getting further and further, you know, into a debt hole from month to month as these statistics are revealing to us. So it's a problem. Uh, this is a big problem and this is, uh, this is something that I, that I see out there. And this is again, why I do what I do is I I see that people don't understand money. I see that, um, I see a way out for people that I hopefully am a small voice here in, in, in the wilderness calling out to, to help people see there, there's a way out of this and there's solutions to this. Uh, we don't have to live like this. We don't have to live $200 away from um, insolvency. Nobody does. Nobody should have to in, in this day and age and all the resources and things that we have in this society, in this country, especially the greatest country in the world, you know, to live in Canada. We're here. Um, we have everything at our disposal before us. Uh, so we, we need to, we need to change and we need to do things differently.
So we have these problems, as, as I said, just to summarize. We're living way beyond our means. Uh, the other problem is we're living a lot longer than we ever did before. So healthcare is just getting better and better. People are living longer and longer. Um, and that is becoming a bigger and bigger problem because we don't have a plan for how we are going to pay to for ourselves to live when we're 80, 90, 100. What happens if you live to 100? What happens if you live to 110? You know, uh, what if 50 years from now, people are living to 120, 130? If you look at all the uh, actuarial charts and stuff, it's this is happening. This is reality. This is going to happen. But the problem is we're working less and less as a percentage of our total lives. Like we, in the old days, again, you, you would just work until you died, essentially. Like you didn't have a retirement. You just, you didn't live very long and you would just work and work and work 100% of your life and then you die. Now, uh, you know, if, if we're still holding on to retirement, you know, around age 65, but we're not living to 70, 75 anymore. What if, if we're living to 90, 100 years old, uh, we're working less and less. Our working years are, are are shrinking as a percentage of our overall years uh, of being alive on this planet. So again, this, this is a big problem. Uh, we need to have a plan in place. How are you going to pay for a long and extended retirement if uh, you know if, if these trends continues as a society? How are we doing this? Um, you know, what if your income stops? What if you need to take time off for uh, to give to for caregiving for a loved one who needs your help? Um, how do we get off this hamster treadmill that so many of us are on? Well, again, no surprise here. If you listen to the podcast, you know what my answer is. My answer is to invest in real estate, specifically to invest in condos. is um, is my favorite method of investing in real estate. Let's talk about some of the, uh, the aspects of real estate, the beauty of real estate investment and why it's such an amazing thing. Number one, it's proven. It's a proven asset class. As I said at the beginning, it's proven over centuries that real estate is tried, tested and true. Like it's not, this is not Bitcoin. This is not, uh, you know, whatever you can think of it's it's tried tested and true real estate is just a a centuries uh and centuries of history and especially even just looking over the last you know forget about the long-term history just look over the short-term history the last several decades real estate is a proven asset class it's a proven way to grow your wealth so you know don't overthink it just look at where people have been successful and copy that Number two, it's it's simple. Anyone can do it. It doesn't require a PhD. It doesn't. Um, you don't have to be searching and looking at charts every day or checking your, uh, you know, checking the Nasdaq or you know whatever every five seconds. It's simple and it's boring. Um, and to me, that is that is makes it. That's what makes it great. It's just you put your money in. You sit. You wait. You collect rent. You sit. You wait. You get a new tenant, you sit, you wait, you fix up the property, you sit, you wait. It's just, it's very simple. You're holding an asset over time. You're renting it out. It's putting money in your pocket every month. And over time, uh, history continues to show us time and, you know, time and time again, that those, that asset, that, that, that asset will appreciate in value and your wealth will grow. 
Number three, the beauty of real estate, it's forced savings. Um, that's what another thing I like about it is it's, you, you can't necessarily see it every, you know, day to day. You don't feel it. Like I have all these properties out there myself right now today. I, I think about them. They don't, they're not doing anything for me in this moment. They're just out there doing their thing. They are not, there's no one showing up at my door each morning with a bag of money. Um, but those little machines are just quietly and consistently running in the background. I'm getting paid. Uh, my wealth is growing in the background. My mortgages are being paid down uh, every single month by somebody else. It's forced savings. So in a society that, as, as I said from the beginning, has an absolute you know, phobia of saving, it's a great antidote to that. So if you're in that category, if you know people in that category of, of you know, you spend more than you make, then real estate is a perfect antidote for that. It's forced savings. You say, I you know some people who are against real estate say, you know, stock market is better. Do the stock market, you know, buy, put the money in the stock market. Well, sure. I mean, it, it can work for some people, but it doesn't have that same aspect to it that I love of forced savings. It's just, uh, you, you, when you pay that mortgage every single month, and of course, when real estate, it's your tenant who's paying the mortgage for you, your, uh, your, it's like a forced savings account every single month that, um, that your principal is being paid down every single month. You're, you're paying yourself every single month uh, without thinking about it, and that's the beauty of it. Uh, number four, it's a business in a box. So a real estate investment property is a business in a box. It's, it's, uh, you know, it, 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 it's, it's the perfect little simple business. You have revenue, you have expenses, you have uh, your balance sheet, you know, you have a customer, uh, you provide a service. Um, you know, it's, it's just a simple business in a box and the skills that you can take from investing in real estate are very transferable to other businesses as well. There's nothing like um, owning and, and controlling your own business. Um, that's another, again, it's a whole separate subject, but that's, that's a, an amazing skill and, and something necessary to have to grow your wealth. Number five, uh, real estate rewards the patient. Um, those who play the longest game are going to benefit the most from real estate. And that's, again, so much of our thinking in the society going back to the start is short term is thinking about today is thinking about this week next this month you know how do i feel right now i want to feel great i want to get this thing i want to get that car i want to get uh it's all about right now instant gratification real estate it's if you're all about instant gratification real estate is going to drive you nuts because it uh it doesn't work that way it rewards the patient rewards those who play the long game um if you want to grow your wealth in real estate, the longer that you're in real estate, the more wealth that you're going to, that you're going to create and the better off you're going to be the longer that you're in it. So again, that means it's automatically not for everyone, but for those who understand the power of that and how it works, uh, you're just going to do phenomenal over the long term. And the younger that you are, that you figure that out, the better that you're going to be. Uh, number six, covers over a myriad of other mistakes. So again, going back to this sort of idea of forced savings, like even if you, if, if you are somebody who spends more than you make, if you're in that category, if you're having a hard time breaking that habit, 
Um, if that's just, you kind of are saying, you know what, that's just the way I am. That's the way I'm always going to be. I like spending money. Then again, real estate, you should really add some real estate to your portfolio because it's, it's, it's going to be doing its thing in the background while you do your thing in the foreground and live your life. And, and if that makes you happy, then, you know, go for it, but at least have something in the background there that's covering up your mistakes, so to speak. Um, that's, that's building it, it, your wealth quietly in the background. Uh, well, you might not know anything about stocks or equities or markets or other types of investments, and you might be horrible at managing your own money. Uh, and, and you're the, you know, you're the type of person that, that just always overspends and, and you're always going into more debt. If you've got that real estate on the other side of the, of the balance sheet, it's going to cover up a lot of those mistakes that you're going to make, uh, over the long run. Number seven, it's a multidimensional asset. As I talk about a lot, it's multidimensional. And that's again, the beauty of real estate. It gives you different, it benefits you in, in several unique ways. There's typically four categories we talk about. Number one is cash flow. You get, um, if you, if you buy a property that's giving you positive cash flow, it's paying you every month. Number two, principal recapture. You're paying down that principal every single month is the second thing with your mortgage payment. Number three, appreciation. Property tends to appreciate over time. So you're gaining from the increased value of the asset. And number four, is there are certain tax benefits that will um, come into play that you can't get in other assets um, that you can get with real estate investing. And finally, number eight, uh, reason why real estate is such a beautiful investment to counteract all this, uh, this stuff that we've been talking about is it's an inflation hedge. Um, it's, it's a great thing that will counteract inflation over the long term. You know, you can't earn your way to wealth for most people. You're not going to make enough money. Just making money is not going to make you wealthy. And one of the big reasons why is because, you know, we, most people, you spend whatever you make and then leave in a little bit extra. So just like Donnie Depp, whether you're making 650 million, 650,000, 65,000, whatever that number is, uh, you're never going to get ahead if you're just relying on income alone. And that's the problem with the middle class in Canada today. That's the problem with most people is they're relying on income alone. They're not building assets. They don't have businesses. Um, and in the long term, they're going to be screwed. So it's the ultimate inflation hedge real estate is. Um, wages are not going to do it for you if you're looking to build your wealth long term. The only thing you can do uh, as an average person, as far as I could tell, is invest in real estate. And that is what I do, and that is what you should do. And that also brings us to the end of this podcast. I hope you found today's episode interesting. And once again, if you did, go ahead and leave a review on iTunes. Uh, share this episode with somebody that you know. Send it by email. Uh, hit the share button on your iPhone. Text it over to them, whatever it might be. Uh, make sure you're subscribing to the podcast as well. Make sure you're subscribing to receive my weekly email updates at truecondos.com. And until next time, I hope you have a great week and happy investing. Thanks for listening to the True Condos podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.